and you're like, hey, you're my brother, you're my sister, and it's a beautiful thing, and I love having relationships like that, um, and this is one of those places that, that I have those kinds of relationships, and it's just, it's always good when I see you, and of course, always good to like see you guys on Facebook, kind of keep the, you know, keep up with the pulse of people's life on, on the Facebook, but uh, we know that there's good parts and bad parts of it, but I just, I love kind of keeping up with the pulse of what's going on, and I know that there's good things going on here. Praise God. Praise God. So um, it's been a while since I've been with you. I was here in January for the the 40-year celebration of ministry and the birthday. That was really, really good. And it was a beautiful event. Um, But a lot has changed in this world since that time in January. If you think back, a lot has changed. the coronavirus, man, that, that threw some, a monkey wrench in my plans anyway. Jesus is bigger, he's stronger, we overcome, but uh, I had to do a lot of adjusting um, when that happened. Uh, when everything was getting a little bit crazy with the, uh, with borders shutting down and all that kind of thing. Um, I was in Africa, actually. (laughs) I'd been there for about 11 days. I happened to get out of the States, like, kind of just in time and get into Africa just in time before I would have had to, like, they would have kept a lot better tabs on me if I hadn't got there when I got there. So I was really thankful, though, because I had been restless and was ready to go somewhere. Um, Last year, I had been to Honduras, and I was there for about a month, and I was also went to a missions training school um, in March of last year, and I had officially quit my job with uh, with a Southern Nuclear, so it was quite a transition um, and, and a whirlwind, and so I was really looking forward to getting going with what was happening next and to be in Africa. I was so happy to see the acacia trees. I was so happy to see, like, the African architecture and uh, pottery and all that kind of stuff. I was just happy to be there and I was in the Nairobi area and uh, I got to do some I got to to minister to some people that were actually in the slums in Nairobi Um, that was it's always eye-opening I'm telling you I know that this country isn't perfect but my goodness when you go some places you're like wow we are so blessed we have so many things in this in this country that it's just we don't even think about because it's an automatic and um, to, to be there in, in the slums, and that's not the first time I've been to a slum area. It's not the first time, but to, to be there, you know, it just it always is a good reminder of I'm thankful to have hot water. I'm thankful to have running water. I'm thankful to have electricity. I'm thankful, thankful, thankful for safety standards. I mean, just the things that you see, but these people, that's, that's their everyday life. You know, it's, it's where they're living. And so um, it was just, it was good to kind of be back in Africa. And my plan was to be there for about two and a half months. So, I mean, I had all my luggage. I was you know, loaded for bear. I had all this kind of stuff to do kids' crusades. I was going to visit an orphanage. Like, I had had all these things that I was getting together. I was going to try to visit South Africa while I was there um, in Kenya, already on the continent. I was going to try to visit some friends in South Africa. And none of that got to happen. <laughs> but in those times and in those seasons where we might have had plans or we had things that was going on, God is bigger and he, we can learn to lean into him. And that's the most important thing that I have learned in this year and in this season. And I think many of you would probably identify with that is being able to lean into the Lord no matter what we see around us because this, this world has a lot going on. There's a lot of crazy things happening but we can have that peace 
that joy, that assurance, and that love on the inside of us, no matter what we see in the world. And it's just, it's, it's really encouraging. Um, but I was happy to get to be there for a couple of weeks. And I was also, some other pastors had some resources they were wanting me to take um, for some pastors locally there in uh, Kenya. So they were able to get resources in a time that they really needed. Um, I don't know if any of you have contact with people in other countries, but you know, it's been very tough for us in this season, but when you talk to people in other countries in this season, it's really hard. <laughs> you know, our economy has suffered, but their economy has come to stand still. And the people are truly desperate. And it's, it's in those times of desperation that the gospel can really go forth. And I believe that that's going to happen, that the gospel is going to go forth, and God is going to take care of his people. Um, but I, I have some friends in Honduras, and they've been telling me stories. Uh, my friends in Honduras have friends in Pakistan, and um, those friends over there, there have been saying that it's, it's just really hard. Like the governments are saying, we're not going to help you unless you renounce your faith in Jesus and things like that. I mean, things that we don't even have to think about. You don't live your life in that sort of a reality on a daily basis, but they are. Um, and so, and, and just in Honduras, which is, you know, here um, a little bit closer than maybe somewhere in Pakistan, but a lot of things have shut down. People are desperate for help. They're desperate for health care. They're desperate for anything because they've lost a lot of their income. And I'm not trying to be, uh, I don't know, fatalistic in my, <laughs> in my talking, but sometimes we don't get that perspective of outside of our lives and our circumstances and where we're used to. Um, and, but it's really humbling when you hear what other people are going through. And that's, that's their life on a daily basis. It, it, it gives you a, a fresh check and perspective. And it makes you want to say, Lord, what can I do? What's my part? What's my piece? Um, but this church has been such a blessing. You guys have sewn into me um, more than once, and for that, I am so thankful. And I know that God is going to just cause that to abound on your accounts. And I pray that the, the seeds that are sown, that you guys just get it back a hundredfold. And I'm so thankful for you guys that, that, that have sown and then for the pastors that have, have been so gracious as to sow into my life. It's, it's been a huge blessing for which I'm very thankful. So thank you guys for being a part of that and a piece of it. And yeah, I'm sure we'll, I'll be through here in the future. I'll be <laughs> keeping tabs with you guys on Facebook and different, different venues, but you guys are a blessing and thank you so much. Um, what was on my heart today, and this has really been uh, when, when Pastor told me that he's been talking about a culture of revival, and he's been talking about how to steward that revival and keep that culture on the inside of you, not just not just a one-time event, but like to, to keep that culture in your life. I thought that was so good. And what the Lord quickened to me in that moment is to talk about a relationship with Him. At the end of the day, everything in our life stems from that. And I'm telling you, this this message in this season has really been burning into me. The Lord, sometimes he will take the time to cut a lot of different things and distractions out of your life. And he will get your attention and your focus where you're just like, you're eye locked with him. You know, it's you and him and him and you. And that is where he wants us to live from. That continual communion with him, that continually um, being in his love and in his presence that you're able to be a blessing to the people around you. And from that place, we minister to people. And I know you guys know that, but sometimes it's a good reminder. And uh, before this year, I would have said, oh, of course I know that. <laughs> yes, I know. 
I, I, we, we love Jesus and Jesus is everything. But this year, the Lord has really allowed that message to get deep on the inside of me, that he is the lover of our soul, that he loves us. There is a powerful revelation in that little children's song, Jesus loves me, this I know. And it's not just for the Bible to tell me so. You need to let him tell you so. The living word tell you so. But there's powerful revelation in knowing that Jesus loves me. It is transformative. And I know that you guys, many of you have been there. Like I, I can just hear it in your yes that you know <laughs> that it has transformed some things on the inside of you. So that is what I'm going to talk about today, making the Lord our abiding place. So I want to start with John 15. If you guys got your Bibles or your devices or your Bible app. So good to be with y'all this morning. John 15. The scripture <laughs> has kept me very grounded. And actually, even when I was in Africa, I got an opportunity to speak in a church. And this is one of the things the Lord told me to talk about um, then. And it was, it was sort of a surprise. I had like a couple days. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll talk at this church. <laughs> yeah, I'll go do that. Um, Sometimes when you get there, you know, people are really eager to have you and you're kind of like, all right, where do, I, where do I go first? And so it was, it was that way a little bit when I got there. But this scripture, oh, I meditate on it a lot. I'm going to start with verse one and we're going to read a chunk, but it's all good. It's a great chunk of the word. <laughs> I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. When you let the, the words of Jesus be spoken into your life, it makes you clean. I think Jesus said that more than once. Verse 4, abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Abiding in him is so important. We can't bear that fruit on our own. We have to have him. We must have him. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. And sometimes I, I need to be reminded of that personally. Without him, I couldn't do anything. It's in him we live, in him we move, in him we have our being. We are held together by the word of his power. Without him, we can do nothing. Verse 6 if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And then gathered, um, and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they're burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Verse 9, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. How many times in this passage are we hearing abide, 
abide, abide, abide, abide. There's a reason for that. It's not just because God just, I don't know, he has a reason for saying it. It's not just because he just wants our attention for no reason. Everything that we are comes from our connection to him. Everything that we do comes from our connection to him. Any bit of life and goodness and peace and joy, it comes from him. If you are to bear fruit, it comes from him. Everything comes from him. He keeps saying it again, abide in me. Abide in my word. Abide in my love. Abide in me. Like a, like a vine to the branches. Abide, abide. And it just, it stands out to me so much. He needs to be the place we, we are, our um, abiding place, our habitation, our everything. That is what it needs to be. It's in him. Whew. Verse 11, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than you lay down one's life, or than one lays down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me. But I chose you and appointed that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain and that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, that you love one another. And you see so much about the love of God in that. Our love of the Lord and his love of us and our love of the people around us. But it all has to start with our love of the Lord. You can't give out what you don't have. You can't minister in a place you haven't been. It has to start with the Lord. It has to start with our love of him and abiding in him. I'm reminded of Psalm 91. I don't even know if I put that on there, but I think we're going to turn to Psalm 91. Let's do that really quick. There's lots of scriptures about abiding in the Lord. And praise God, I know that most of you here in this church, you you know that um, Psalm 91 is the protection chapter, right? Dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. And I'm telling you that secret place is also that place of that love and abiding. Psalm 91, I'm going to start with verse 1. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid for the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked.' 
Verse 9, because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot, because he has set his love upon me. There it is, that love again. Therefore, I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. There's something about knowing his name in the secret place. There's something about being assured of the love of God in the secret place that makes you confident in a world that's full of turmoil, in a world that's full of pain, in a world that's full of hurts. It makes you confident because you know who you are, because you know whose you are. You have known his name. I I didn't even think I was going to preach about this, but praise God is good. And I like it. Hallelujah. Verse 15, he shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. But you know what? The prerequisite to all of that, and I know you, most of you guys know it, it's you got to abide in the secret place. You have to make him your shelter and your refuge when you are there in that place place, nothing can touch you because you are in him. And it's so important to stay in that place. The enemy wants so badly for us to get our minds and our hearts distracted on everything else. He tries. How many of you know he tries? Who doesn't he try to pull you out of that secret place? But when you say, nope, I'm not getting out of this place. I don't care how I feel in a moment. I don't care what my emotions are telling me. I don't care what my circumstances are telling me. I don't care what I just saw happen a few minutes ago. I'm not getting out of this place. I am loved. I am beloved. And devil, there is nothing that you can do about it. My God is bigger. My God is stronger. My God will come through for me. Can I get a hallelujah or something, somebody? It just gets me stirred up. There is a confidence that comes when you know that you are loved. And I'll tell you, if there's anything that the devil wants so hard to attack us with is he wants to tell you that you are not loved. So many people in religion, man, religion tries so hard to tell you you're not good enough, you're never going to be good enough, you're not loved when Jesus has already made us good enough. It was never about what we could do or how we could perform or how many good things we could make happen on our own, but it's being assured that I am loved, I am the beloved. I am his and he is mine. And let me tell you, the more you get rooted in that reality, everything else will stem from that place. Everything else will stem from that place of I am beloved. He loves me and I love him. Oh, man. And then you're able to love others better. (laughs) Rather than thinking I'm not good enough, no one's good enough, we can't make it, we can't do it, I'm displeasing to the Lord, I've messed up so much. That mindset keeps you held back and it keeps you despising the people around you as well. But when you start to see things through the lens of the love of God and you start to see people through the lens of the love of God, it's a confidence that rises on the inside of you. Hey, you're getting beat up by the enemy. It's okay. We're going to pray. That's going to stop because God loves me and God loves you. Something happens. Faith rises when we are assured in love. And did I put 1 John 4 on the list? I hope I did. Okay. Yeah, 1 John 4. And I don't even know that I really planned to go to the scripture, but here we go. 
I think it's verse 17. I got to find it though. I know it's in 1 John 4. I think it's verse 17. Yeah, 17 through 19. You know, let's start in verse 16 because it's just so good. (laughs) Start in 16, praise the Lord. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. We've known it, and we believe the love he has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Whew, there's that abiding again. Abiding in love and love in God and God in him, and we're just all dwelling together in this beautiful love, and God is love, hallelujah. That's, that's who he is. Not just an attribute, but it's, it is who he is, is love. Whew, I'm just, whew, I'm feeling this, y'all. So verse 17, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Amen. And it's good to have that perspective because we're talking about that abiding and abiding in love. And when you abide in love, that gives you boldness. It gives you that confidence. And that perfect love gets rid of the fear. That perfect love gets rid of that doubt that you were talking about earlier. How that doubt tries to creep in. That perfect love gets rid of that doubt because you know he loves you. You can be confident in the love that he has and is pouring in your heart. Praise God. Wow. But make Jesus the vine, going back to John 15, and I'm not necessarily going to read the whole thing again, but make Jesus who is the vine and we're the branches, make him your habitation. For you to be a healthy, vibrant, flourishing, and fruitful Christian, it's, it's really important that we have that good connection. It's paramount. That was the word that I wrote as I was taking notes for teaching is paramount. It's the most important thing that connection to the vine, and that comes through love. But through our connection to him, everything else comes, just like that branch can't make any fruit on its own. But as soon as it gets connected to the vine, you can even be grafted in. You can take a branch that's from a different vine and bring it into this vine, graft it in, and it can produce fruit. Our ability to be fruitful for the Lord is based on one thing, that connection and that love to him. Because when you love him rightly you're going to love other people rightly. When you love him rightly, you're going to value what he values. When you love him rightly, you're going to get to know him, to know his voice, to know how he moves, to know what he wants you to do. It's going to be, it's all going to come from that place of that love and that intimacy. We're made in his image and likeness. And we see that in in Genesis that the Lord wanted to make us in his image and his likeness. And we were fashioned by the Lord to be his bride in deep, intimate connection to him. And I want to take a look at Revelation 21. Because there's a lot of things that, that go on, a lot of things we face in life, a lot of situations that we come across. But at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, 
When Jesus comes and ties this up, when the Father comes and ties up everything and there's a new heaven and a new earth, this is what it all comes down to and this is what it's all about. So, Revelation 21, I'm going to read verses 1 through 8. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. That's us. We're that new Jerusalem. We're that new city. That's us. Verse 3, And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. Hallelujah. That is where we're going. That's what he, we can do that now. We can be there now. But that is where we're going in the most ultimate sense. The tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God, and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. There's going to come a time when it is no more. There are no more battles to be fought. There, you know, we can focus on intercession and we can focus on, you know, spiritual warfare. We can focus on using our faith and we can focus on, and those are all good things. But at the end of the day, the old things will be no more. And this is what will remain. This is why he came for us to be a bride. The former things have passed away. Verse 5, then he who sat on the throne said, behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, write, for these words are true and faithful. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And that is what he who sits on the throne had to say about it after, after John saw, you know, that, the heavenly city coming down, that new Jerusalem, the bride of Christ coming down. And it's important that we find ourselves doing the most important thing, and that is being connected to him, in love with him. We can be about so many other things. I know it's easy for me to get distracted too. And let me tell you, the hardest thing to do sometimes is to sit still in the presence of God and just let him love on you. (laughs) When you have a flesh that's wanting to get out of the room and go do something else, when there is an enemy that wants to bring thoughts at your mind, when you feel like you're not qualified, you're not good enough, God loves everyone else more than me because I've messed up all these times and I've said these things wrong or I've done these things wrong. And I know as word people, we don't like to talk about that too much, but we all have those struggles in our mind at some time where the enemy, the accuser of the brethren comes and the the accusation is what he's trying to use to get you separated from the Lord. But when you let the Lord deal with that accusation and you just sit in his presence, it's hard sometimes, I'm telling you, to sit in his presence and just let him overwhelm you with love and deal with insecurities and deal with fears and deal with mindsets holding you back. It's not always comfortable. It's not always pretty. It's not always fun, but it is so fruitful. It is so fruitful to let him do that on the inside of us. It's so good for us. And um, 
that's what I'm learning to do in this season. And I'm not even acting like I'm there. I'm not even acting like I've arrived or attained and that I've got it all down. <laughs> but what I am saying is I see this is what we need to be pressing into the mark of the prize of the high call of God in Christ Jesus. And that mark and that prize is to just be the bride of Christ and let him love you to life. Let him love you to his plans. Let him love you until you're walking in his purposes. Whew. And we can't earn it. We can't do it on our own. The only thing we do is say, yes, God, cut that out. Yes, God, bring that love. Yes, God, heal that insecure place. Yes, God, fill me with more of you. Yes, God, <laughs> do what you want to do. Man, it's hard, but it's beautiful. It's hard, but it's what we're truly called to. And if you want revival, that's the place, oh, I'm telling you, <laughs> that's the place it'll come from, from that, that fiery love and that connection to him. When I talk about this kind of stuff, it also reminds me of Psalm 1, and we can go there. I love Psalm 1. Anybody else with me? Anybody else just think Psalm 1 is amazing? Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. I just like to read the whole thing, but really verse 3 <laughs> um, is, is where, uh, what I think about, that us being like a tree planted by the rivers of water. We're planted by that living water, Jesus. And our roots are able to go deep, no matter what's happening around us. Our roots are able to go deep in him. And life comes. In every season, you can be fruitful. That's what it talks about. His leaf doesn't wither, and whatever he does prosper. And he brings forth his fruit in his season. In those seasons, we're always fruitful. And you guys have seen that before, right next to a, a stream. Usually there's some really big trees, or trees like to grow there. Um, we have a little bit of a water on our property, a little tiny spring that bubbles up, and there's all kinds of trees. And so we, every now and then we have to go cut those trees down and knock them down because it's a place that they like to be, right there next to the water where they have a great water source. Um, and that's how we need to be with the Lord just locked in to his water source, locked into the stream of life and let him come through you. Um, and this whole idea about Jesus being the vine and we're the branches, um, it's beautiful. And actually, when I was in Africa, uh, this is one of the revelations that the Lord gave me and what he wanted me to, to speak there. And I was thinking about this, thinking about abiding in the Lord, abiding in his love, letting his love come in us. And I'm like, Lord, we receive so much, and yeah, we bear fruit. But the Lord loves to be loved by you. And a lot of times we don't think about it like that. 
We just think, oh, he's just doing what he can to kind of get us together and get us in place and help us out because we're so, you know, corrupt and awful. But no, he loves to receive your love. Um, he's not just loving us because he's good and because he is love and he can put up with anything. I think sometimes it's easy to come to the Lord with that mindset. It's not that he can put up with anything, but he loves you and he loves to receive love from you. And um, I guess just because of how my mind works, the Lord, he kind of brought me to think about, well, what else is on a branch? And I was like, well, leaves. And he said, what do the leaves do? And I was like, (laughs) I sounded so spiritual in this moment. I was like, photosynthesis. with the Lord and I was like it's photosynthesis and he was like yeah and I but I knew what he was at and if you guys I know it's probably been a while since you've been in a science class not for you sister girl you you just go strong I'm loving that aerospace yes girl get it I love it girl power all right but um just thinking about photosynthesis what the plant is essentially doing is making sugar and oxygen it takes co2 which is toxic Um, to us as humans, and it takes water with light, and then it makes like a sugar, some glucose, and oxygen. And that sugar is actually to feed the plant. And not that the Lord needs our love to exist, but I knew what the Lord was saying, that like sugar is made from photosynthesis. That's something that's sweet to the vine. It's something that's sweet, and it, it nourishes the vine, and it helps it. And that's what our love is to the Lord. I was like, wow. You know, I just... In that moment, I was crying. I was behind my little mosquito net <laughs> there in Africa <laughs> in my room, and I was just crying because I was like, wow, Lord, our love is something precious and sweet to you. He loves to receive that from us. And, I mean, isn't that a beautiful, beautiful thing that he, he values and cherishes our love? You know, you think about um, a bride and a groom, they love each other. It's not just all one way. It's they love each other. They support each other. They help each other. And we're the bride of Christ. Now, Jesus does have everything together without us, okay? I'm not trying to say, like, the Lord needs us, but he chooses to want our love. He chooses to want that relationship with us. He chooses that, and he values it. And I just, I remember when he spoke that to my heart, it it was so precious. I just cried for a few minutes. I was like, wow. And the spirit of the Lord was just so thick in that little room in Africa. And um, man, I want to go back there so bad. But it was was just this beautiful moment. And I, I hope that revelation encourages you guys too, that your love is something that's sweet and beautiful to the Lord. And... It had been a long time since I looked up the word agape. And I know that we always hear, like, when we hear agape, what do you guys think of? It's like the God kind of love, right? That's how I always grew up hearing about it, which is true. It is the God kind of love. Um, But when I actually looked it up in the Greek, it was really good. And I wrote this down from the Strong's. It says, love that is affection or benevolence, specifically in plural form, a love feast, I was like, wow, a love feast, a feast of charity or dear love. I sure didn't hear that when I was growing up. No one actually read about a love feast to me. 
But that's, that's how the love of the Lord is. It's like a table. It reminds me of Psalm 23. We don't have to go there, but it talks about how he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He anoints my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's so good. But it's like that table prepared before us. And I do want to go to uh, Song of Songs chapter 2. I do want to read that one. I love Song of Solomon because it's also a picture of the Lord's love for us. But it's also a picture for married people too. So, All right. So Song of Solomon 2, or Song of Songs 2, I'm going to go verses 3 through 5. Like an apple tree among the trees of the woods, so is my beloved among the sons. I sat down in his shade with great delight, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. That's like the Lord, just sitting in the shade of the Lord. We talk about that in the shadow of the Most High. Verse 4, he brought me to the banqueting house, and his banner over me was love. Sustain me with cakes of raisins, refresh me with apples, for I am lovesick. Wow. It's that picture of the banqueting table, that feast of love that the Lord has for us. And I started thinking about the the Jewish feasts. There are the seven Jewish feasts, and those all pertain to Jesus, just when you're thinking about a feast of love. But then you think about the Jewish feasts. They all point to Jesus. And that was really encouraging to me. I looked up the feast, and you have the Passover. And Jesus is like the Passover lamb. And this was all, all of these feasts are pointing to he wants to be in in relationship with us. They're all pointing to he wants to love us and come redeem us. Number two, unleavened bread. Jesus lived that perfect life. Jesus was the unleavened bread. He had no sin. You know, leaven is a type and a shadow of sin. Jesus had no sin in him. He was the unleavened bread. Number three, the first fruits. Well, you know, we bring our first fruits to the Lord. You know, in Israel, they brought their first fruits from their harvest to the Lord. But then also the the word of God talks about Jesus being the firstborn among many brethren. And so he was the first fruit for us. And and in honor of that, that's why we bring our first fruits back to the Lord because of in honor of what he did for us. Number four is the Feast of Weeks or Pentecost. Well, hey, <laughs> did not the Lord show up with, at Pentecost? You know, that the Holy Spirit came down on Pentecost and wasn't that bringing a part of the Lord to us? I'm telling you, I love the Holy Spirit. I used to say when I was younger, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this or not, but I used to say the Holy Spirit's my favorite. <laughs> if you're allowed to have a favorite in the Godhead, and if, you, if you're not, then, then he's totally not, but I say the Holy Ghost is my favorite. <laughs> I love the Holy Spirit. I mean, he teaches us and he shows us. He's, he's the part of God that is with us when we get saved. He's the part of God that ministers to us now and, and shows up when we meet together. Like he's, he's that part of God that's here now with us. And so I just think that's beautiful. I, I mean, I, I love the Lord. Please don't, anybody, please don't mishear me. But I used to say the Holy Ghost is my favorite. I don't know if I'm really allowed to say that or not, but <laughs> I do love Holy Spirit. I love Holy Spirit so, so much. But that was bringing up, you know, God with us. You know, he is Emmanuel. He is God with us. And the Lord is here now through the Holy Spirit to minister to our hearts. 
And there's the Feast of Trumpets. Now, this is the one that they think hasn't happened yet, but the Bible talks about when the trumpet sounds, Jesus is going to come back, split that eastern sky. Hey, he's coming back. That's the Feast of Trumpets. The Day of Atonement. Well, the Lord was definitely our atonement. He's atoned for our sins. And the last feast is the Feast of Tabernacles or Booths. And so he is already tabernacling with us. He is in us. He is with us. Am I standing in the wrong? Sorry. Hold it right. But (laughs) he tabernacles and dwells with us. We're going there. We read about that in Revelation 21 today when the dwelling of God is with men. That is what it's all about. But he is dwelling with and in us now. We get to like, we get to jump ahead. We get to be already doing it, be already there before it happens. The Feast of Tabernacles. And so you can see how all these feasts point to Jesus. And I just love how agape, that word for love, that that Greek word for love talks about a love feast. It's affection and benevolence, a feast of charity or dear love. And we need to be partaking of the feast, Jesus. We need to be partaking of that on a daily basis. Let him be your feast, um, the, the last verse that, that I really felt like I was supposed to, to, to bring today is John three sixteen. I know it's simple. I know we've heard it many times, but it really points to the love that God has for us. He laid it all down. He gave it all. He gave it all. And that's what love is. And that's what love does. That's how love demonstrates itself. And that's how the Lord demonstrated himself towards us through Jesus. And I'm going to read it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him should be saved. God gave his best, his perfect, his most immaculate, his most wonderful. When he gave us Jesus, he was giving it all. He was giving it all. And he wants us to do the same. There's another verse, and I can't remember where it is, but it talks about if he, if he gave Jesus to us, how would he not more you know, freely give us all things. He's given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. He's holding nothing back and he wants us to hold nothing back. And the enemy will so many times make us feel like you're going to lose something if you give it all. But when you give it all is when you gain it all. When you lay down your life, that's when you gain your life. When you say no to self and yes to God, that's when you're gaining more. Not that you're working it up, but you're just laying it down. And if you are with the Lord in death, if you are letting yourself die, your old way of thinking, your old way of being die, then you can sprout forth again with that resurrection and new life. And um, it is in my heart today to just ask if there is anyone here that wants to give their life to the Lord. Anyone here that wants to renew the, those vows of love to the Lord, if there's anyone that wants to do that. And I think we all in our own way need to. I don't know if there's some soft music, like some instrumental, Holy Spirit, beautiful, like come let God touch people music that you have back there, but that would be amazing if there is. Um, to let God bring life to all of our hearts this morning 
and to just let his presence come in. And we'll see what he wants to do. If we need to pray for people or pray for healing or, or anything like that, uh, we, can, we can do those things. But the most important is getting in that connection with Abba. And here is one thing, and this is good. This is a good starting place, but this is something that you do daily. This is something that you do continually with the Lord. This is something that comes, it's a big part of your life. It's not just a a one-time decision, but it's a life laid down. It's a life that is his. It's a life that belongs to him. And it brings you to that life of revival. Since I know you've been talking about a culture of revival, that's where it comes from from being connected to the God of life. So you can go with that music whenever you find it, whenever the Holy Spirit says this is the one. (laughs) Lord, we welcome you into this place today. Holy Spirit, we just say, come in this room. Thank you, Lord, that the Holy Spirit is our teacher. He's our advocate. He's our comforter. He leads us and guides us into truth. And Lord, through the Holy Spirit, we experience your presence here on on this earth, Lord God. And we just say, Jesus, you're welcome. Holy Ghost, you're welcome. Abba God, you're welcome here in this place. And I thank you, Lord God, that we are able to come into that place of love. prompting us to bring him those things. I just want you to see those things in front of you, whatever it is that you have been feeling that's held back his love for you. Whatever you've been feeling that's got in the way of you truly being in relationship with him. Whatever has um, just been a hindrance to you in this season, whether it's fear or disappointment, whether it's a mistake that you've made. Whatever that is, I just want you to see yourself putting it in front of you and putting it at the feet of Jesus. As I place my hands in yours, I love you. As you hold me in yours, I love you.
receive your love, God. like I see ropes, ropes that have been attached to people, there's burdens or cares that have been attached to you through ropes, and it's like the Lord is wanting His fiery love to come and consume those things. He wants His fiery presence to consume the things that have been binding your heart and keeping you back. And so Lord, I just thank you that today, all these things that we've just brought in front of you these things, Lord God, that have held us back, or these things that have tried to hinder. And I just thank you, your love is consuming every one of them. Your love is consuming every one of them. Thank you, Lord, for the fire of your presence. that burn like fire for us. You have a jealous love for us, Jesus. Place my hands in yours. I love you. As you hold me Teach us to receive your love. I love you. Teach us to receive Jesus is mine. I love you forever, forever. I love you forever, forever. I'm reminded of that old song, Blessed Assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. We belong to you. This can be a new day for some people in here where we can just say yes to the Lord and let him transform our lives. We say yes to you, Jesus. Blessed we say yes to what you want to do. Jesus is for whatever it is our lives are going to look like, we say yes because we know that your intentions and your plans for us are good. Thank you, Lord. 
Does anybody have any specific prayer needs? Something that they want us to pray for? Okay. This is my story. This is my song. Okay. Praising myself. We'll definitely pray for her. What's her name? Sue Holman? Okay. We'll pray for her. Anybody else have any specific prayer needs or prayer requests? This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Yes, yes, we'll definitely believe for that, for sure. Any other prayer needs? Perfect okay. I want to lift those up to the Lord. Well, Father God, we just pray, Lord, in both of these cases, Lord God, where there's a grandmother with a lot of congestion and fluid in her lungs, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I'm just speaking to her heart, Lord God. I just pray no more congestive heart failure in Jesus' name, Lord God. The fluid that's been in her lungs, Lord, we are speaking life in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord. This is a body of people that stand in faith, Lord. I know these people are believers. And in Jesus' name, we lift up that grandmother mother and we're speaking life into her body. I thank you that, Lord God, you're able to help the medical professionals, give them wisdom, give them grace, Lord, get all that fluid out of her lungs. And I'm just speaking life into that heart, Lord, all congestive failure of her heart stops now in Jesus' name. Lord God, I just thank you that it's the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead that dwells in us and is able to quicken our mortal bodies. I thank you Jesus took stripes on his back so that healing could be purchased and we are believing for healing for that grandmother, Lord God. And I just thank you for that whole family, Lord God. I thank you for salvation in that family in Jesus' name, for the love of God being poured out on that family, the comfort of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name poured out on them. And I just thank you for peace in the middle of the storm. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And Lord, I just thank you. I feel like the Prince of Peace is coming in and taking over that situation where there's been um, fear and there's been turmoil. I thank you, Jesus. You're the Prince of Peace. And we're declaring peace and we're declaring healing and life in the name of Jesus. And I'm lifting up, Lord God, um, Garland's aunt to you, Father God. And I just thank you for healing, Lord God. Um, if she's been on a ventilator, Lord, we're just thanking you for healing. I thank you she is not discouraged in being alone, Lord God, in that room, but Lord, she would feel the comforting touch of the Holy Spirit in that room where she is, Lord God, that her body is able to breathe like it's supposed to, Lord God. I just I just come against any blood clots in Jesus' name, any and all blood clots. We just tell them to desist. Any and all blockages, Father, we tell them to desist, Lord God, and I speak that inflammation would come down. The inflammation would stop right now. And Lord, she is completely, Lord, being touched and just, Lord, your your presence is ministering to her. We thank you for that in the name of Jesus. And we just tell the inflammation to stop in Jesus' name, Lord God, and that her body would respond well, Lord God, to treatment. Her body would respond well, Lord God, and that the doctors have so much wisdom for what to do in Jesus' name. And I just thank you for a clearing in those lungs, a clearing in those lungs and those Lord that inflammation to cease now in the name of the Lord we're thanking you for it Lord declaring healing hallelujah praise God well thank you guys for those prayer requests and we just look forward to hearing what God does and how the healing power of God is at work in both of those situations 
Um, I really don't have any super strong leading in one way or another right now, so I think we're good. Unless anyone else has any prayer requests or anything they like prayer for? Anybody? No? Okay. Well, it is so good to be with you guys. It's great to be here today, and um, yeah, I just look forward to coming and seeing you guys again, and Let's just go this week and let Jesus love on us. I'm telling you, that is what's going to transform the world in this time that we're in, is the love of the Father. Love is so rare in the world today. You go out and you just see people who are afraid. You see people who are hurt. You see people who are wounded. Uh, you, you look in their eyes and you can see, praise the Lord, they need some deliverance sometimes. <laughs> you can just look in their eyes and you're like, wow, they need Jesus. But I'm telling you, Jesus loves you. And uh, I, I just want to stop from where I started that the most important thing that we can know is that Jesus loves me. Because from that place, a lot of other things will stem. Jesus loves me. So thank you guys for coming today. I bless you. And yeah, maybe next time I'll get to see the pastors because <laughs> I miss them. <laughs> anyway, love you guys.